No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we conclude Solomon's effective prayer at the dedication of the temple when he prays for God to incline his eye and ear to all who seek him there. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 8 on Simply the Bible. So today we are continuing with Solomon's prayer. This is his prayer of dedication after the temple was completed. And it was a very exciting time. On that day, God had filled the place with his presence to the point that the priests could not even minister as the Lord was just showing that he was there, that he was approving of the temple that had been built. And Solomon offered his prayer of dedication. And it was all about God looking at that place, hearing the prayers that were offered from that place, as well as the people looking to that place, wherever they might be, and offering their prayers up looking toward that place so that God would hear them. There was one place that God would hear their prayers and where man could be reconciled with God when man had sinned. And it was going to be this temple. So we continue in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 41. Moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people Israel, but has come from a far country, for your name's sake, for they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your outstretched arm. When he comes and prays toward this temple, here in heaven, your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built, is called by your name. So Solomon had an understanding that the purpose of the nation of Israel was to be a light to the Gentiles. God is concerned about his reputation among the nations. And Solomon understood this. And so he said that when the nations hear about you, when they hear that you are a God unlike any other God, and of course, this was one of the reasons God did what he did to the Egyptians. He judged their non-gods, their dead idols, by sending the plagues and just showing them that their idols were worthless. And he did that for his own namesake, for his reputation among the Egyptians. You know, he parted the Red Sea and the people heard about that. He parted the Jordan River and the Canaanites heard about that. All of it was to show the nations that there is no God like Jehovah, Yahweh. And so Solomon understood that that was part of the purpose of this temple. God had told Abraham that it would be through him, through his descendants, and through his seed, singular, ultimately pointing to the Messiah, that the nations of the earth would be blessed. So Solomon said, when the foreign nations hear about you, and they come to this temple and they seek you and they want to worship you. Then hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all 
for which the foreigner calls you, that the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel. I think God loves the opportunity to answer the prayers of those people that don't know him if they come seeking him just to show that he wants to know them, that he wants to reveal himself to them. And so often when people will come to me and and they may not know the Lord, I may have an opportunity to go into the hospital and pray for them. Now, clearly, ultimately, we want them to come to know Jesus Christ. But maybe right now their felt need is, is that they're sick and they need to be healed. And I'll just pray, Lord, heal them. Show them your stuff. You know, that's what I'm thinking as it's an opportunity for God to reveal his grace. And that's what Solomon was saying. When the foreigners come here and they seek you here, Lord, then hear their prayer and do according to whatever they ask of you so that the world may know your name and fear you. And know that this temple that I have built is called by your name. Israel had this responsibility to shine forth the light of God to the nations. Unfortunately, they didn't do that. And we now, as the church, have the responsibility to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you are the light of the world, speaking to his church. Uh, Unfortunately, we have not always done that very well, and we forget that we are really intended to reach the world and not just become our own little Christian club. So it's important for us to keep that in mind. That is why God saves us, not just to hoard the riches that we have in Christ, but to be a light to those who are hopeless and without God in this world. When your people go out to battle against their enemy, wherever you send them. And when they pray to the Lord toward the city, which you have chosen and the temple, which I have built for your name, then hear in heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. Now, God would send out his people as his agent to do holy wars. We see that this was how the Lord brought them into the land of Canaan to begin with. And so Solomon is saying, you know, when you send out your people and they go to war and they pray while they're out in the field of battle, they pray toward this temple, then hear their prayer and maintain their cause as they are, you know, doing your will and bless them, help them win their wars, you know. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin and you become angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to the land of the enemy far or near. Now, even at this point, Solomon understood that the nation of Israel had a track record, and it wasn't very good. Their track record had been one of disobedience and sin. And so he didn't say if they sin against you. He said when they sin against you, for there's no one who does not sin. And that's Very true. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so he says, so when you become angry with them because they have disobeyed you and you deliver them to their enemy. Now, God said in Deuteronomy that this would ultimately happen, that they would reject him, that they would worship other idols, and that God would ultimately deport them into the land of foreigners, their enemies, And of course, this would happen first with the northern kingdom 
would be defeated by the Assyrians and go into Assyrian captivity. And then the southern kingdom would go into Babylonian captivity. So Solomon said, when this happens, and yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of those who took them captive, saying, we have sinned and done wrong. We have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who led them away captive and pray to you toward their land, which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name. So they come to themselves. The idea here is that they were beside themselves and clearly they were out of their minds when they were worshiping these dead idols and had forsaken the living God. So Solomon says when they are in their foreign lands and they come to themselves, they realize what they've done, they repent, they feel sorrowful over their sins and they confess their sins before you and then they pray toward this temple. Now, of course, this happened with Daniel. Daniel, as a teenager, was deported into Babylon and as an old man, he recognized that the time was ending, according to Jeremiah, the 70 years of captivity. And so he opened up his window and prayed toward Jerusalem, toward the temple, that God would restore his people. And of course, he did. Verse 49, then here in heaven, your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions, which they have transgressed against you and grant them compassion before those who took them captive, that they may have compassion on them for they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt out of the iron furnace. And clearly God did do this. He did restore those Jews that went to Babylon and he brought them back into the land. And if you ever want to know just how much God is faithful and how patient he is, just look at the nation of Israel and how patient God has been with the nation of Israel in ultimately bringing about that which he has promised to the patriarchs that your eyes may be open to the supplication of your servant and the supplication of your people Israel to listen to them whenever they call to you. For you separated them from among all the peoples of the earth to be your inheritance as you spoke by your servant Moses when you brought our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God. So they are your people, Lord. You chose them. They are your special people, a chosen nation. So remember them. And bring them back. Let your eyes be open to see their plight. Let your ears be open to hear their prayers. And remember your people Israel. Now such a physical temple no longer exists. But there is one place of forgiveness of sins and restoration. Just like there was one temple then, there is one place now where we can be restored. And that is through the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no other way back to God. There is no other sacrifice for sins. Before, the temple was the place where they could offer their sin sacrifices. Now there is no more temple. So Jesus is the only way for us to be forgiven of our sins. And God's eyes are open and his ears are attentive to all who will humble themselves, who will come to their senses and realize that they have sinned against God and look to the cross and call upon his name 
and confess their sins. And if you have been overtaken by the plague of your own heart, which is sin, then there is a way for forgiveness. There is a way for peace with God. But it is up to you to look to the only means by which God has granted forgiveness, and that is through the cross of Jesus Christ, where Christ's blood was shed for our sins, where God has said, I love you, by giving his only son to die for you. Now, recently my son was sick and he went into the doctor and the doctor checked him out and said, you have the worst case of strep throat that I have seen in a very long time. And so he prescribed him an antibiotic. Now, what if my son said, you know what? I don't have to take that. I've got my own home remedy. I take a little orange juice, mix it with some cayenne pepper, put a couple of anchovies in there, throw it in the blender and voila, I'll be cured. If he had rejected the cure that the doctor gave him and chose his own cure, he would still be sick. (laughs) But he didn't do that. He took the antibiotic and now he's back at work. In the same way, God has given us the cure, but it is up to us to take it. And will you take the cure that God has given for the plague of your own heart? You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where Solomon blesses the people and exhorts them to remain loyal to the Lord. Then, he sacrifices many peace offerings and holds a great feast. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible.